Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody can hear everybody, and everybody is good. Okay. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we start the show? Oh, Phoenix! <laughs> hey yo! Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your Head. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to wish Greg DeMarco Show best in all his future endeavors. Tuesday, October 27th, as we sit here and record another edition of the Greg DeMarco Show. My name is Greg DeMarco. I mean, that makes sense, right? It's the Greg DeMarco Show. My name is Greg DeMarco. One thing, we, we've never had someone else open the show, except for the, like when there's been a fill-in. Like One day, I should just have Patrick open the show and just, just do my stuff and see what happens. I feel I'd be much better at it now than... Miranda was the, laughing because she thought poorly. you were going to say much better at it than me. And no, 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 no. I just we we know about the Pat ran the show on his own experiment like ten years ago. Yes, we do. Yes, we that, do. That did not go. That did not go well. But you know, now I I'm almost a year in on a on another podcast where yeah. I, I open up a show and do. do a thing. So I I could perhaps pull it off. Heck, three weeks ago I did Miranda's. Uh, pro wrestling t spot you did i got i got skills and and basically said you were going to steal her jobs away from her i i thought that that was actually rather clever the way i brought that into play because you were all like you can't do that and then i just rolled right into a a pluck it was very well done it it was very and and i'll have you know i put miranda over on bandwagon nerds when i do the pro wrestling tees spot on bandwagon nerds what i do wow does this mean we're best friends no um no no, i I do i've I've got some concerns about this narrative that's floating around that like i (laughs) i hate you i I may have i may have spoken to other podcasters (laughs) who seem concerned no i i still am campaigning for me and patrick to be best friends that that's all that's really the narrative i want us to become best friends which is, uh, it is good. Yeah. I think, however, I, I, I think others into, seem to think that we hate each other or that I hate you. It's, it becomes <laughs> like, I mean, if that that's happens, what you project out there, you know, maybe from some of the constant, but no, this is, this is what, this is, this is and, what a human being has said to me in helping repair our relationship. 
that I didn't know was broken. Uh, well, see, it's better broken. Like it's better for podcasting broken. Once it's well, yeah, all copacetic and fun, then it's no. It's like, look, it, it's the who's the boss syndrome, right? Well, Once Tony well, and Angela no, got re- together, really, the show though, was done. This this is really the Thunderdome, Patrick. We are being pitted against each other for Greg's amusement. This is really what this whole dynamic's been there about. Is, there is some of that. There is definitely some of that. Right. There is. By the way, I liked the Who's the Boss reference. Miranda yeah. would make a dashing Tony Danza. She would. Oh, yeah. I agree. I absolutely agree. But she's the boss during the Hashtag Miranda show. I'm the boss during the Greg DeMarco show, which, by the way, you can listen to as part of the ChairShot Radio Network, which means it's streaming at thechairshot.com. Com. The chairshot.com. Always use your head. Hit up that at the chairshot.com. Head on over to social media and follow the website at chairshot media. The show is also streaming on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, and so many more. So do us a favor like, subscribe, and leave the old five star review. Tell a friend. If you like the show, tell a friend. If you don't like the show, tell them about the show, but don't tell them what you think about the show. Let them decide for themselves. If if you love the show, don't let them decide for themselves. Just tell them how great it is and why they have to listen. Um, otherwise, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I believe that's something that I heard somewhere sometime as a child and never listened to it. Nice try, though. The voices you heard earlier, you know, like, what, 45 seconds ago, of course belong to... Patrick O'Dowd and Miranda Morales. Patrick O'Dowd is on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That's, of course, W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist, and there is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist, Patrick O'Dowd. And I play that because if anyone's ever going to use the Danger Zone card, it's Patrick O'Dowd. Like, it's just, it's Patrick O'Dowd. So. The election, the election's next week. So and know, we're going to record, happen. right? We'll record on that day. <laughs> oh, gee, because uh, the polls will be closed. Happening. Oh, we, man. we, yeah, we do. We record on election night. That's, we might, that's we might already have like a projected winner by time we were fuck. No, I, we, we really won't. No, we probably won't. With the mail-in ballots and everything, <laughs> we really we're not going to know. Until yeah, like there's January. There's a lot, lot going on, but that's who. Next Tuesday is going to be a, yeah, a doozy. Yeah, yeah, well, hell, you all don't even close until well after our show's over. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Yeah. Anyway, the elections for next week, unless someone. Dun, 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 dun. No, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I can't stop it. You know, I, I can't stop it. I can. No, because then I can't use it next week on election night. Yeah, we just. We're I'm just not gonna even going to bother. Special electoral edition of the Greg DeMarco show. I'm not even going to bother with a rundown next week. I just want you to know that right now. It's going to be as long as Bandwagon Nerds. I've got some bad news. It's absolutely not going to be as long as Bandwagon Nerds. I will press the stop hey. button and hang up the call <laughs> before that happens. Like it's you can't play a Danger Zone card if I've already hung up the Google Hangouts. Like that's just <laughs> that's just the way it works. So. The so other like recording, Patrick. So that way it keeps on recording. And, and then I, I, you know, I keep threatening to use this stuff that I downloaded to record my own podcast for a change. That that could be a sneaky thing to yeah. do. Just you just keep need going. me to help you set it up and then you'll be able to. No, oh, actually, damn. I've been meeting. I've asked like the same person like four times and then just keep not setting up the time to practice. I mean, that's who um, showed me the same person that's going to show you. So yeah. and I have all the settings saved so I could easily show you. Um, I'm sure it's like it for you all too. It's just busy times right now, you know. Yeah, you yes. know, life's busy. Life's it's a lot of busy. So the other voice is, of course, that of the Queen of Soft Style herself. She is on Instagram at the hashtag Miranda. There is no Twitter. 
because she's also the Twitterless heroine, Miranda Morales. So we're here. We weren't here last week at all. So it was two weeks, three weeks ago, there was no Patrick, right? Yeah, two, three weeks ago, there's no Patrick. Two weeks ago, there was no Miranda. Last week, there was no Greg, which means there was no show. And and it was a last minute thing. Like so normally, when there's no Greg and it's planned, we can get a fill in and, and whatever. But not this time around. Uh, and then this week, we're all, we're all back. We're all back. It's like the first time in October that we're all back, and it's very exciting and fun. Reunited, and, and it feels so good. That too. That that too. Um, the this rundown was originally dated September 29th, and so uh, which was the day that we interviewed Alex Chamberlain, who we almost interviewed again. <laughs> I kind of wish I I was recording. I kind of wish I was recording when that happened. So I I went into Google. If anybody who uses Google Hangouts, you know it saves all your prior calls. And I have a call that says Patrick Miranda, and then I have a call that says Patrick Miranda, and it's cut off. And I picked the one that's cut off, and it also included Alex Chamberlain. And he jumped on and was all smiles and happy like it was nothing. And had I said, "Hey, do this with us," I bet he would have. To be one hundred percent honest with you. Um, Alex Chamberlain appearing on AEW Dark this this very evening, Tuesday night when we record the show. So go check him out against uh, Darby Allen. You can probably guess how that match finished, but he gets another shot, and I'm very excited about that. So we'll have him on again soon because he was a lot of fun. You're welcome. But we have a topic that I've been sitting on for over a month now that I'm very excited to talk about, and we will get there. It's changed slightly. Thanks to the results of Hell in a Cell, but I don't think it's changed too much, but we'll talk about that as well. But first, we need to, you know, do our thing. And uh, how about we how about we sell some t-shirts? Miranda Morales, how about we wait, wasn't I wasn't I starting to play a sound bite for that, Patrick? Didn't didn't I do that at one point? I used one of the old old sound bites. Let's let's sell some t-shirts. It's time for you to sell t-shirts. Yes, and it's time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash TheChairShot to get your very own ChairShot t-shirt. There you can find over 25 different designs. They're all just for who? You! Yes, uh, lots of fun, uh, great designs and styles. So you I'm, I'm going to interrupt. I'm gonna interrupt. interrupt right now. I want you to do that again for who, and then Patrick, you and I have to be the new day. Okay. <laughs> so you, they say who? Do, do you understand what I'm saying, Patrick? You, you haven't moved. <laughs> you you're 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 like on Miranda's internet all of a sudden. Okay. All right. Do it again. Do it again, This is this is oh, live. Gosh. We'll do it live. We're all doing right, it, live. it. We'll do it live. All right. Yes. Uh, so yes, going. You could go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own chair shot T-shirt for who? 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 You. Who? That sucked. Who? Who? We're terrible at this. <laughs> You're terrible at this. I know, because I didn't really want to do it. You just made the list. <laughs> I know you didn't want to do it. That's why you didn't fucking do anything at all whatsoever. I, I was more interested in the World the Series fish. game than participating in your New Day shenanigans. They're no longer together. They broke up. They didn't break up. Bad. They didn't yeah, break they, up at all. They didn't they break up. Podcast they just, together. There's, there's just half... The merch says they're still together. So. They're still together. I've, they're still together. No I more believe. pancakes. They're, they're the breaking. Pancakes they're breaking ground and staying together by being apart. It's it's a new thing in wrestling. The trombone has been smashed. Wow. It's like they're on well, like Francesca number seven anyway, so it doesn't matter. Miranda, continue. Miranda, you were selling you were selling shirts. Yeah, I was selling some t-shirts uh, at 
Well, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. There you can find over 25 different designs all in support of TheChairShot.com. You can purchase t-shirts with the OG Chair Shot logo. Of course, there's Chair Shot 316. Uh, Suck It Nerds, which is definitely a great trolling t-shirt. Multiple Always Use Your Head shirts. And of course... Uh, T-shirts from different podcasts from the Chairshot Radio Network, including Bandwagon Nerds, the uh, a winner is you. Uh, of course, the Queen of Soft Style T-shirt uh, from me, Miranda Morales, and of course, everybody hates Greg. So all T-shirts start at nineteen ninety nine, but if you want to spend a few extra dollars, you can order your T-shirt in soft style and treat yourself because you deserve it. Uh, so go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own chair shot T-shirt today. That is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and order your T-shirt today. I, I got to find the commercials. Hang on. I got I to see where they went. So <gasps> there they are. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. That's over 150 of your favorite promotions found exclusively at powerslam.tv. So go to powerslam.tv and you'll get a free week. But if you use the promo code CHAIRSHOT, you will get a free month. Now, a month is only six bucks, but why not try it out and see if you like it first and do it on us. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code CHAIRSHOT, get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code CHAIRSHOT. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. So a few weeks ago, I put together a rundown and I had a great topic that I wanted to talk about and it, it only changed slightly, but I wanted to look at it. We did this on the hashtag Miranda show with the female champions, but I wanted to look at the top male champions in wrestling today. So we're going to do it as it stands today. And then we will uh, go back to the original list and, and kind of make that a secondary discussion point. But if you take a look at the top five male champions in pro wrestling today, the WWE champion, Randy Orton, the universal champion, Roman Reigns, the AEW world champion, John Moxley, the NXT champion, Finn Balor, and the IWGP heavyweight champion, Tetsuya Naito, I would present to you the opinion that of all the potential champions on the table, these guys are in fact the best champions for their respective brand, show, and or company. And and that's kind of where we're at. Like, is there even, I don't think there's anybody better. I don't think there's any better options. And, and I would have maintained that a few weeks ago, and I kind of still maintain it today, even though we had a recent title change. And I want to stop there and, and get your guys' thoughts. Thoughts, and we'll start with Patrick O'Dowd. Thoughts on these, the t- basically the top five male champions in pro wrestling 
today. We're not going to talk about Impact Wrestling. I'll save that for the hashtag Miranda show. We won't worry about Rich Swan being the new European champion over in, in Impact Wrestling. We'll talk about these why, top why five. Gotta, why you got to hate on Impact, man? Like, I I'm don't. not saying they should be in this conversation. I'm t- oh, listen to the hashtag <laughs> Miranda show. I'm, I'm not telling you now. Listen to the hashtag Miranda show. You'll see why. He has some I'm thoughts about it. I got it. thoughts. Damn. That's a teaser right there. Listen to the hashtag Miranda show. You will see why I am hating on the Impact Wrestling World Championship right now. Patrick O'Dowd, though. I mean. Thoughts on these sorry. top five champions. These champions. So it's funny, 30 days ago when this list started, I would have disagreed a little more strongly. And then the title change happened the week before the show that put the guy that I've been trumpeting should be the champion anyway with with the championship, with with Randy Orton winning his 14th title. So now I'm like, yeah, the I wish I I wish I was as up on New Japan as I used to be because we used to talk about New Japan all the time and how we felt Naito was due two years ago to be the guy. And I just have lost touch with the product. And so it's it's kind of hard for me to judge other than seeing results. So I got to kind of take your word at it. But I, it's really hard to argue with Roman Reigns. I've been a Roman Reigns stand since Roman Reigns debuted. And as much as I, I bemoan AEW like nobody else i don't buy anybody else right now as a champion mm-hmm. as a as a viable maybe chris jericho again maybe i don't know maybe mjf again if they if they build him but you gotta you built him and then you broke him so now you gotta rebuild him and that's that's kind of the problem there so yeah i i actually don't i don't hate your theory Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay. All right. Miranda, what do you think? Those five individuals, again, Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, John Moxley, Finn Balor, and Tetsuya Naito, the top five male champions in wrestling today, also being the best option on their respective brand show or company. Yeah. And, and I, well, I don't know if you're purposely not mentioning, or we haven't mentioned yet Finn Balor as NXT, because I think that, um, that in of him. itself, I mentioned him both when, times. huh? I mentioned him. I mentioned okay. him both times when I listened. What's, what's this? What's NXT? What is this? What again? is this thing? This whole thing called NXT? Some some of the best out there. No, I I I agree with and this list, and I would I, I would say that uh, if there wasn't a title change uh, in Impact recently, I may try and push that narrative a little bit because I was much more of a, a fan of the previous. Uh, champion than I am of the current one. And and again, we'll talk about that at another time. But uh, when you look at the biggest wrestling companies in the world, absolutely these names come to mind as far as WWE, NXT, New Japan, AEW. So I think with that alignment, of course, these are the champions that uh, we would all look at as, as the top five male champions in, in wrestling today. Um, and 
you know, I think that is also, they're all pillars in some way. They all are the top stars that everyone is trying to uh, reach to. I know there's also that running joke about AEW putting the TNT championship up in the same level as uh, the world championship. So I guess that could be, uh, if we're going to argue for argument's sake, that would be kind of another title that would be floating around here. But I just think it's more because of... um that's the company's perception and not the real perception uh, of yeah. the importance of titles. Well, so, and, it's, and it's a nepotism title. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Title. No, like, well, the whole I, company's a nepotism company. Yeah. I said on these very airwaves, I believe on your show, I said that they would actually, I think it was an appearance on DW podcast. They were likening the TNT championship to the Intercontinental Belt. And I said, no, it's going to be a second world title. And that's exactly what they're doing. And they were like, oh, it's going to put over mid-card. I was like, nope, it's going to go on Cody. And, of course, Cody's held it twice now. And interesting fact about that, Cody just tweeted earlier, like over the weekend, that that's the best championship in wrestling. So that battle's coming. I think once we get past, was it Full Gear that's next, where John Moxley faces another challenger that everyone knows is not going to beat him in Eddie Kingston. Um, That battle's coming. I think you're going to get a, a which title is better fight between Cody and, 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 and John Moxley or whoever, or maybe the, the, name, the name of the show is full gear. Yeah. Yeah. Did it's they good. hire the great balls of fire guy? No, it's something yeah, that has been that bad. That's, that was the name of it last year too. Yeah, and it was bad. Then Wait, they had a, they had a show named full gear last year. They did. It's over. Wait, it's it's a- named a- after w- something that shows? Adam page said in an interview and then tried to turn into a content. <laughs> like it's a stupid company. Okay, like I keep trying to tell everybody and they won't listen. No, no, it's the greatest company ever and we should all bow down before it. Twitter tells me this. That's why I don't post on Twitter that much anymore. Um, it changes the world, Greg. Hold well, on, do you true. think the Dark Order is really a euphemism for like the, the cult of, of the elite? I think, no, I think it's a euphemism euphemism for WWE is what it is. Oh, yeah. That's, well, that's true, <laughs> but... I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's one guy and all of his followers. Like that's, I mean, come on, like, duh. I mean, that's, that's every, every X, every AEW performer that used to be in WWE stresses the fact that it's only about Vince McMahon and WWE like that. They're not saying that on their own. That's something that everyone is telling them to say. And, and the narrative that they're, that they're spewing. Um, even gamer Miro, who was, you know, way better than tough guy Rusev was. Um, Hey, can I ask you a question though? Sure. Um, since, well, no, just and this is back to your topic. Like, why did you leave if you believe that the TNT title is a second world championship? Why is it off your list? Because it's not the top title of its brand, and and it's still okay. it's still the AEW World Championship. I think that they're going to do that. They're going to run that program, and the AEW World Champion is going to win out. Even if that champion ends up being Cody at some point. And maybe that's how they get to Cody in the world title. Because remember, Cody lost and couldn't yeah. ever challenge mm-hmm. for the world championship. And so then they created this TNT championship, which we all knew they were going to do. And everyone said it was a TV title. And I'm like, no, it's a second world title. And and now Cody's putting it over as the, the hardest belt to get in wrestling, whatever the hell he called it. And it's just, you know, it's, I, to me, that's, that's the direction they're going in. And I don't know if you know this, but when I jokingly say something's going to happen, <coughs> McAfee, it happens. So... <laughs> That's another reason to listen to the hashtag we're in the show. Um, because Greg's going to gloat. Um, I would anyway. But it's but no, these five champions, I want to go back to a couple things, first of all, um, and talk about these guys individually. 
Randy Orton, we've been talking about Randy Orton for months on this program. At 40 years old, the dude is doing some of his best work ever. And he's a 14-time world champion. And I'm on record as saying, and I'll say it now, I hope, I think he's going to end tied with John Cena and Ric Flair. I hope he beats them. I hope that's Orton's thing, that Orton goes down as the guy with the most world championships because WWE loves to break records. That's what they like. They love to shatter records and break records and, and everything that's great must come to an end and then there must be a new mountaintop and then somebody else will beat it years down the road. But to me, I would love to see Randy Orton be the 17-time world champion and he's got three more that he's got to get to. I was not opposed whatsoever to Orton winning at Hell in a Cell and becoming the, the WWE champion like he did. Roman Reigns is a topic that we've, you know, because of all the other topics we've covered, we haven't been really been able to dig into on this show. But he returned at SummerSlam, and and Miranda remembers my reaction because we were texting, and I was giddy that he returned at SummerSlam. And then they literally held a pay-per-view a week later for the sole purpose of putting the Universal Championship on Roman Reigns. And I don't know, I can't. I can't imagine going back and that not being the case. Like I can't imagine if Roman wasn't the universal champion at this point, like that belt's never felt more important than it feels right now to me. And remember we left that belt off of our top 10 championships list that Miranda and I did with Andrew Belaz because it just hasn't been treated as important yet and hasn't been built up to that point. And I feel like it finally can be now. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I, think- I, I agree. Go ahead, Pat. Well, I just, and and uh, and we can talk about this more. As much as people want to talk about like sort of the purity and the sanctity of wrestling and the belt, it's about the fucking stories that that are being told to build these belts and make them matter. Back. Because the, uh, both of those, both of these reigns that you're looking at, whether it's Randy Orton and basically his year and a half, whether it's his rivalry with Edge, which was really really good, you know, some people might say it was over long to a program that, again, with Drew McIntyre was the best and most compelling story out of that brand for for quite a while. Him winning this belt was a culmination of a climbing of the proverbial mountaintop, as you described it, Greg, and it was told very, very well, and it's a compelling story and it's worth following. This Roman Reigns build to what I'm assuming will be the rock and reigns at WrestleMania. Maybe, maybe not, who knows, but this, this like telling of a story of family because the, the belt's actually a big part of this, you know, idea and this concept of being chief and, and being the top member of the family and the breadwinner of the family that everybody else defers to. And this power play has just been, it's a. I I texted Greg because I forgot if Hell in a Cell was this past weekend or if it was this coming weekend, and Greg was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "For the first time in a long time, I'm really interested in seeing how matches played out." Like so, you know, with these monthly WWE pay per views, like seeing who comes out on top and who's going to win the title or whatever, not that really big of a deal. This this made the belt feel like a big deal. It made. Jay Uso feel like a legitimate big deal and made the story feel like a big deal. It made Roman Reigns a huge deal. And in a way that fans are digging, it's 
the story is is the other part of what makes these guys such great, compelling champions because they are telling terrific tales in the WWE. I'm a little less convinced in AEW, and you know, and I can't I can't pretend to speak on. I mean, I joked about NXT. I don't watch NXT. Um, I I infrequently keep up with AEW, um, and New Japan is is just so distant these days. But the stories have been great for the top two belts in the WWE right now. They have been. They they really have been. I agree. Um, we started on the topic of Roman Reigns, though, and and, and Miranda, you had some right. thoughts as well. Yeah, no, I, I I would say that everything is aligned for Roman Reigns in ways that the company has almost only dreamed of. And a lot of that is to the testament of what 2020 has been such a crazy ass year, but everything aligned um, for Roman. And I think the external factors of the landscape of, of wrestling worked in Roman's favor um, because of the fact that he did, he was able to take time off. And I think fans were able to miss him in a way, but also I think WWE finally realized by giving him his own identity as Roman Reigns, not Roman Reigns as part of the shield, not Roman Reigns as what they want him to be, just as Roman Reigns is. And that family dynamic has played so well into this universal championship run that it's added so much story and depth uh, and meaning to the universal title. I mean, granted, the universal championship has not had a very prestigious history even just from its initial run was always plagued with challenges and and you never remember really strong storylines with the universal championship. But now I feel like this is going to be a story that everyone will find synonymous with the universal title. The fact that Roman's reigns is, you know, um, almost a redesign uh, of him will always be tied to the universal title now and even vice versa. So I think that's, that's a strength to, Roman and this title and why it's even in the conversation now. Um, the, the change to SmackDown, I think, was really good as well, that it needed just a refreshing new new landscape for stories to be told. And so I think it's being held at a higher standard than it used to be. Um, and it's all due to just everything that, that rolled out this year. I don't think if if... 2020 had rolled out the way that it did that Roman would be viewed the way that he is now, or even be the character that he is now. I think they would have kept on that rolling machine of maybe pushing him or, you know, just doing the same thing. But we, we got a new Roman Reigns. I think the Roman Reigns that even he wanted. Uh, and I feel fans that actually have attachment to that and therefore now have a, a stronger desire to see the universal championship and, see Roman defend it. And the thing about that championship is by the time that Roman loses it, which I would, okay. If he faces the rock at WrestleMania, he's not losing there. I'm thinking, you know, next year, SummerSlam, something like that. That's a year long reign. It's going to be a big deal when he loses it. I mean, I, I think the top two candidates to face Roman Reigns right now at WrestleMania are the rock or Big E. And I don't think either of them is going to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And I think that it's going to be just a continued build for Roman till he finally does lose. And it'll be a huge freaking deal. And that title will then matter. And maybe it would be part of the top 10 championships if we ranked him again. It'll replace one of the too many Japanese titles or something. I don't know. But 
it's it's definitely going you know it it's it's kind of saving the universal championship as well um would it have happened otherwise i don't know i i have no we have no way of knowing um but i will say this it, when when they finally started doing this with roman reigns there was a bit of finally to it for a lot of people they're finally doing this finally doing that and i would counter that with the fact that if they did this two years ago, I don't think it would have been as good. Like, I think Reigns needed that time. Reigns needed all that to then finally get this come through. And, and it, it means more that it took this long. And it means more that, that it's here now. Uh, interesting fact about that. Seth Rollins recently had an interview and I loved it. He came out and he said, this is the Roman that I've always known. Like, this is the Roman Reigns that's always been there. And I liken that to what I said earlier, how every AEW performer will all, they all tell you the same thing, right? Vince McMahon is the only person that matters to WWE, blah, blah, blah. It's like they're being fed a company line. And now you have people doing interviews saying, this is the real Roman. This is the real Roman. Like, it's, it's a company thing. The company is behind this version of Roman Reigns. And, but do you think it's also because it is Roman Reigns? Like, that, I think that that, Maybe so. has some weight, whereas some other performers may want to do shifts or, or changes in their character, but may not have the same. I don't want to say weight, but they're right. not Roman Reigns. No, but I think it's, it's, it, it works because it is Roman Reigns. I don't think it's actually who Roman is. I've seen too many real life interviews with him and he's too, uh, yeah. too grateful yeah. and, and too, you know. Um, um, generous and, and all of that. But I definitely think he plays the character very well. Like, I don't think Seth Rollins really believes he's a messiah yeah. either. But no, he's damn good no, at but it. just more like he he's had the ability to to change. Yeah. Whereas the case with some I, other people that that maybe, you know, especially coming from AVW, I mean, I think there may be truth to both. Oh, that there are people oh, there's, who there's absolutely to, there's absolutely truth to the idea that not everybody gets to to dictate their character as much as they would want to, to dictate it. Yeah. And I think that there's an argument that, yeah, maybe Roman Reigns was looking for some sort of change of pace from the character that he's been asked to play in the WWE. Because one of the biggest mistakes that, that I think a lot of people feel happened with the WWE is that they tried to make him the, the next white meat baby face, sort of character a la John Cena and that led to infamous things like Suffer and Sakatash and and all of that crap. And so but when you when they see the potential and the star potential out of someone like Roman Reigns and, and they view him as you know the place that he is in the company, yeah, he probably does have some latitude. I think the creative wanted to take it in that direction too though. I don't think it was just Roman wanting to bust out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a marriage there. I don't think it's, I don't think it's one trying to exert a power play over the other and the other one going along with it. Yeah. With, with there being no fans right now, it makes sense for the t- the top two champions to be villains. It really does. And to build that up. And, and then when you do have fans, now you can have the hero swoop in and, and, and make some changes. Right. NXT has some fans, their champions really a tweener. Um, the thing about NXT and, and Finn Balor being the NXT champion, I don't see a better option on the roster. I really don't. Like, they stripped all the options away. Like, Matt Riddle got called up. Right. And Matt Riddle shouldn't be champion anywhere anyway with some of the things that he's done outside of the ring. Velveteen Dream shouldn't be champion with, you know, whatever. They can't trust him. Uh, you know, Keith Lee got called up. Karrion Cross got hurt. Karrion Cross is a better main roster act than an NXT act anyway. Adam Cole held it for well over a year. And... It, so it just makes sense. Like Finn Balor is the best option and look what it accomplished with Kyle O'Reilly. Now both guys got hurt right. and 
And and so there's that issue, but I mean, it made Kyle a, a bona fide main event star. You know, he was already really on the cusp thanks to Undisputed Era, but the match with Finn Balor put him over the top on that, and and it was very well done. And it's it's you know the fact that NXT is is bottom heavy, I guess, or middle heavy instead of top heavy, makes the fact that Balor's hurt and not there okay. Because they didn't really have a challenger anyway. Like, who was he going to face? Dexter Loomis? No. Face another member of Undisputed Era, probably. Like, it'd be Roderick Strong. And and so... Right. It just... Well, and the, you know, is. you talk about it, It's an opportunity at, at NXT now. Oh, you've yeah. got to, You've got to create something. And I'll be honest with you. Like, he comes back in a couple of months. You know, once we get through War Games... And, and which I believe they'll do. And the first time I ever saw the Capitol Wrestling Center, the first thing I looked at it was like, you could fit two rings in there. Like, that's something that Triple H <laughs> thought about. You could fit two rings in there. He wants to have his war games. And obviously he wants to have his war games because now you got Pat McAfee with Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch and it would have been Ridge Holland. And they'll figure out somebody else and the Undisputed Era. You're going to get your war games. Um, and then when he, like, like, I wouldn't mind seeing Tommaso Ciampa and Finn Balor. Like, I think that's a few mm-hmm. they could run with very well. And I've said it before, when Karrion Cross comes back, he should just go straight to Raw SmackDown. He's too big of a character, too big of a human being, but also too big of a character for NXT. Like, he'd never fit to me. And and it just didn't make sense. Um, Naito is an interesting one, Patrick. I know you don't, you know, with, with New Japan losing their TV deal, it is very different. But this is sad. he's the guy they've all wanted for years. And, and New Japan, mm-hmm. kind of like... Ring of Honor for a while there it waits too long to pull the trigger on certain people. And of course, Naito, you know, he, he won it and then he didn't even get to main event Wrestle Kingdom years ago because uh, the fans voted for for Nakamura to do it as Intercontinental Champion. And pe- people forget that Naito is also the Intercontinental Champion because that belt just needs to be refreshed. Um, and now he's going to face Okada, not Okada, but Abushi again, who who just won the G1. You could make an argument for Okada to be champion because it's Okada and and he's the other option, but Naito's the guy they've all wanted. And Naito being the leader of LIJ and his run has elevated LIJ. I mean, Evil took it from him and held it for a while, mainly because Naito wanted to win it at the baseball stadium. It was like his dream. So they did it. <laughs> um and then Sonata went to the finals of the G1 against uh, against Kota Ibushi, and so that elevated Sonata as well. So it's also been a big thing for LIJ, and that's been entertaining as well because they're so over. It'll be interesting to see if Kota Ibushi leaves Wrestle Kingdom with the championship. I kind of think he will, and and we got plenty of months before we have to worry about that, but it's it's definitely interesting to see how they've gotten there and, and what options they have. I want to shift real quick because when I originally developed this topic, Drew McIntyre was WWE champion. And had we talked about it X number of weeks ago, how would we have felt about the these five guys being the best five male champions in wrestling if Drew McIntyre was WWE champion? And Miranda, will let you go first this time. I don't think it would have changed my, my opinion. Um, I think that... The big shift here is that, yes, Randy Orton is, you know, uh, an established wrestler, you know, 14-time champion, a lengthy career. I mean, done so much. But I do think that the growth and the trajectory that they have for Drew McIntyre and the platform that um, they put him on as this leader of Monday Night Raw, I think, too. I mean, Raw has always been viewed as the most important wrestling program in all of 
of wrestling, you know, so the fact that he is that figurehead, he is that leader is a sign that that means he's also a leader in the company. And that also means he's a leader in, in pro wrestling, you know, regardless of what people think about, you know, his trajectory into that role as, as champion. I think that what he was doing was trying to bring emphasis back to the belt. Cause again, I mean, that belt was with Brock Lesnar who was more sporadic uh, with that. So he brought more regularity to the, to the belt, which I think fans missed and, uh, and appreciate in the long run, having more, have it be on TV more regularly, having it on pay-per-views and having stories that are told with it. So I think he had a, he, he had a, such a pivotal role in that shift where now we're so used to, having the WWE championship on TV and it be such a regular part of, of our weekly watching. But again, we're easy to forget how irregular it was with Brock Lesnar. And that was part of the allure. I'm not trying to trying to say anything about Brock's reign because it was different with him. But I think that was a big thing for fans that we wanted to have it on a more regular basis. And Drew did exactly that. Um, and I think that that's a really big testament into a big shift uh, with that cha- uh, WWE championship. So if you could pick today, today, Tuesday, October 27th, 2020, we're recording this show. Who would you want to be WWE champion on Raw? Would you want Randy Orton or would you want Drew McIntyre? Oh, man. I would say, to be honest, even though I'm not a big fan of his personally, I think it's more entertaining with a heel champion with Randy Orton. I think that there's going to be more money in the chase again for Drew McIntyre uh, to try and regain that belt. Cause this chase with Brock Lesnar was great, but some of his title defenses also didn't make any sense because they put, I mean, literally he knocked, you know, wrong, I mean, uh, Brock Lesnar out in just a few minutes. Uh, but yet the rest of his title defenses were just such a struggle almost or, or that. So I, I do feel like there was some, inconsistency in storytelling but randy orton is uh, just a damn good heel and now he has all of the power with that championship belt so whoever he faces and whoever's chasing that belt is going to be money and that's the stories that i for me like and i think that are more compelling to me and why i i I prefer randy at this point over drew Patrick O'Dowd, same question, not, not you know, Randy or Drew, but just in general, when we talked about it a few weeks, if we talked about it a few weeks ago and Drew McIntyre was a WWE champion, what would your thoughts have been? I mean, I said this at the top of the show, I would have, I would have probably pushed for Randy Orton to be the one to be considered as the more preferable guy. Uh, and that's, and it's not to say that Drew McIntyre can't, isn't the guy or couldn't be the guy or was the wrong guy or anything like that. He had the unenviable task, by the way, you know, Miranda brought up him beating Brock Lesnar. He had the, really the, the tougher task as a champion of being the champion as they were sort of navigating this shift in the COVID-19 no fans era. Really, when you think about it, like in March, that shit was still pretty new. And so yep. that's where I think some of the unevenness and storytelling comes from is because the WWE wasn't even quite sure how they needed to handle this or what they how, what where they wanted to go with handling it. For me, this was for me, Drew still to me it felt like Drew still needed to be built as a champion. And while and while I wouldn't have argued too hard had he still been champion coming out of this as the best option. I would have still felt I still am more compelled to say Randy Orton because he and it's because of his run. It's because of this year. 
It really is. Like he's had the benefit of not being champion, if that makes sense, to to establish some just great stuff. Not to roll back on the on the thing with Edge, but starting with his with his rekindling of the feud with Edge into this championship run where he was chasing Drew McIntyre for that belt to to finally get it in in Hell in a Cell. That was that that to me was like this this is a guy this is this is who should be the champion because he's the one who needs to get his ass beaten a year or not even a year. I don't think it'll be a year, but yeah, I don't either. For a significant period of time. I so here's the thing. Like I honestly think this went perfectly. Uh when there was so much uncertainty, I think Drew McIntyre was the champion they needed. You needed a hero to to kind of put the company on their shoulders. And then when things stabilized, it was okay to go back to the villain. Um Drew McIntyre was WWE champion for 7 months. And yeah. and cuz I was doing this with my fingers while you were talking just to make sure and it's that's a long time to be champion in professional wrestling, especially when it's weekly episodic television like Raw is. That's a good run. I've said this before. I've said it for years on on this program, and Patrick will remember it. No one cares about a one-time champion. Like, it's just you're nothing when you're a one-time champion. Like, the great Kali is a one-time world champion, you know. Jinder Mahal is a one-time champion. I can't believe we just said that, but I'm going to say that. Don't hinder. Oh, no hindrance. No hindrance. As as of yet, it's just no, you know. True. He ain't done as yet. As of now, he's, he's rehabbing as we speak to make another run at it. But even when Rey Mysterio won, like it wasn't until Rey got multiple world titles and Sheamus when he was first world champion. Like when you hit that three and beyond, like now you're a top tier performer. And so I think Drew McIntyre is going to get there. Drew McIntyre, as he shifts into a feud with The Fiend, it's a way better, more believable feud because Drew McIntyre was world champion for seven months than it would have been if they did it you know, a year ago. No one would have cared right. about Drew McIntyre versus The Fiend. Now we care about Drew McIntyre, and we'll always care about Drew McIntyre, even though he was no longer champion. Whereas I don't care about Brock Lesnar. I mean, I don't care about Braun Strowman, even though he was universal champion, because he was universal champion because Roman couldn't be there. He wasn't even going to be on the card. He was. He had flown home to Wisconsin and or driven home to Wisconsin and had to be flown back so that he could beat Goldberg. Like it's just totally different. Drew McIntyre was made. I agree. I think that you could make the argument for Drew McIntyre, but I'm on board with Randy Orton as the champion and, and on board with all these champions in wrestling today. And, and that's a good thing to say because not all the time can we really really feel that way. So top five male champions in wrestling today. Damn good set of people to carry their brands and companies into the future. Lucha-masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. 
everything pro wrestling, make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. You have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. If you had your rundown printed on paper, I would tell you to bottom and throw it away because I'm going to call an audible and change the three-minute warning from what's on there because I don't give a shit about retribution, and no one else does Nobody either. does. Nobody it can't does. be safe. No, who cares? Answer, no. No. no but I wanted to bring up a different question that I thought of as we were talking about it. Because this past weekend was Hell in the Cell. And we have this notion in WWE of the big four, right? Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series, which is coming up. And at one point, there was a big five with King of the Ring. And then there was a, some thoughts that Money in the Bank had replaced it. And it was a big five with Money in the Bank. So I guess I'll start with that. What's more important right now in WWE? The Hell in the Cell pay-per-view or the Money in the Bank pay-per-view? Patrick. Hmm. I'm thinking. Miranda. (sighs) More important. I'll say this before you guys even answer. The fact that it's such a hard decision should say something, right? Like, Hell in a Cell, as much as people complain about Hell in a Cell should be reserved for certain occurrences and not a yearly event. And I felt that way myself. I don't like thematic pay-per-views. Uh, it's one of the ways that I really disagree with our good friend Eric Bischoff is that I don't like thematic pay-per-views outside of the Royal Rumble and maybe Survivor Series. Um, but to me, like Hell in a Cell, if you really look back at the past few years, some of those matches have been very well built and have really put that pay-per-view to a level of importance that it matters. Those three top three matches at Hell in a Cell mattered this past Sunday. Right. Big time. And I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Because I, I – and you can call me a curmudgeon. I think for me it's money in the bank because you don't – to me, the, I still really loved – I love the idea of the spontaneity of something building towards Hell in a Cell happening – at any point in time, like at any pay-per-view that you can bring it out. Like I understand why they have a pay-per-view specific to it. It's much easier. That cage is big and heavy and like, I get it. But part of what, and maybe it's because I remember the first one being announced and the way that they used to, to bring those into existence was this very much like feud ending, spontaneous sort of thing. Like this has gone as far as it can go. We got to take it to the South. And a little bit of that magic for me goes away when you know, even in these stories, you're right, Greg, terrific stories. But to me, the magic sort of is still not there because you know that you're going to get at least one and you can kind of see which one, one to three they're going to be. And that's, and that's just a little less exciting to me. Money in the bank. Part of what I love about money in the bank is just the sheer randomness of it all. Like the fun of, Picking somebody's going to get a title shot. Uh, and now that people don't always win the title shot when they cash it in, it to me, it's fun and it's this impactful thing. It can be great. Uh, and, and I like, I think I would pick it over Helen's Health. In, in some ways, it's hard to that 
you're right about it's it's hard to decide, but it's also because it's very different implications. I think, I think for storylines, like Patrick reiterated or and stated that you know for stories, it really now is built as this end feud ending match. And I would say this year in particular, we had some really strong matches for Hell in a Cell. And they were told very well. And they they weren't just put together. This, this story is anything. I mean, the, one of the shortest feuds with Roman and Jay still had a lot of meaning behind it um, in such a short amount of time. So I think storyline-wise and feud-wise, Hell in a Cell can be really, really important um, because it's almost, you know, this this finite moment, this milestone in a feud of, of you know, something's going to happen. However, career-wise, I could see how Money in the Bank is more important because when you are that person who gets the, the briefcase or in, I guess, Otis's case, you know, converted lunchbox, it's a sign, you know, usually that, that this person is is up for a, a big opportunity. And it's definitely, I mean, we've seen it happen with people's careers and it, and it has a large implications for championship opportunities. And I guess this year's is a little bit more challenging because, you know, Ms. won Otis's uh, uh, briefcase slash lunchbox too. So almost it kind of negates it. And then you could say, well, hell in a cell is more important this year. Uh, because also this year too, with, with money in the bank, you know, well, one title uh, opportunity or one with the women's, the belt was in the briefcase. So we didn't have that cash in. And and now with the men's, you know, the briefcase has, has been awarded to somebody else. So if we're talking about this year specifically, Hell in a Cell, but historically, I think it's just a lot. It's a lot harder to balance because they have very different implications for the company. But I'd probably be leaning more towards what Patrick's saying: um, uh, Money in the Bank, because I feel like that that has more importance on championship opportunities and what's happening with each brand and uh, all of that. And I think you can make that argument, and I think it's a valid argument, to be honest with you, that both of you have made. I'll be interested to have this conversation again in a few years because money in the bank, it's only, you know, that percentage is only going to go down that the champion, that the person who cashes in wins. And I think that over time, it's just going to become another thing that WWE has. I mean, money in the bank's been around since WrestleMania 21. And so it's, it's, I can see that shift, you know, shifting a little bit and 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 making some changes, um, and and where it goes. So who knows? Who knows? I just found it very interesting and and a way better topic to talk about than retribution. Because I mean, come on. It's a shameful thing. That's a shame. Retribution is a shameful thing. That's what I'll say about retribution. It is a shameful thing about bunch of lobster heads. Retribution. Lobster heads would be an improvement over some of those masks. That's true. All right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Greg DeMarco show. Patrick O'Dowd, this week we are the best 55 minutes in wrestling, like we used to call ourselves and never accomplished, but we actually kind of accomplished it this time. So we want to thank you for listening and tuning in. Remember to head on over to thechairshot.com. It's where you can get this podcast and many others, including shows like Bandwagon Nerds, like the hashtag Miranda Show, Three Man Weave made a comeback this week. Pot is War. Is coming back after a short little three-week stint. They were off course. The winner is you. Outsider's Edge. Badlands. I mean, there's just so many great shows that I hate listing them because I can't list them all. And 
just end up not, you know, not leaving anybody out on purpose. But there's lots of great things over there. So definitely check those out. Go to thechairshot.com and continue to listen. Next week, what we're going to do, I don't know. We'll have to see what the world of wrestling gives us. And if it doesn't give us anything, then we'll come up with something and talk about it ourselves. But you can follow Patrick O'Dowd at The Wrestling Realist on your Twitter. You can follow Miranda Morales at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram because there is no Twitter there for her. And you can follow me at ChairShotGreg. The website is ChairShotMedia. Until next time, I'm going to apologize for using Jinder Mahal as the example that I use him as. I didn't do this, but I remind you to all do it. Remember to always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.